0: You're
1: listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft, in Fargo at the State Convention for the Knights of Columbus. Uh, and we're joined with Father Chad Wilhelm, State Chaplain for the Knights. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us this morning.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Well,
2: I was catching up with you a little bit before the program this morning, and uh, you were sharing a little bit about what sounded like a pretty awesome—I don't want—I I don't know if we could say conference, a pre-conference almost to the state convention—a uh, gathering yesterday, though with. Did you say several priests and deacons?
0: Yes, it was a chaplain's meeting in every um, so state what, convention. It was
2: related to the Knights of Columbus, yeah. it was a chaplain's meeting, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: it was, it was related in, to the state convention, and every about five years or so we have a chaplain's meeting, and we um, had a number of priests and deacons from the state of North Dakota, they're all invited, and we had speakers <coughs> the Archbishop of uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Uh, Archbishop Hebda and Bishop uh, Fulda from the Diocese of Fargo and Bishop Kagan from Bismarck and I wanted to really direct our conference about the upcoming Eucharistic years that the bishops of the United States are bringing forward to us to uh, promote the Eucharist to promote Jesus to bring Jesus back into the center of our hearts and souls and lives and so they gave fabulous talks, and those talks i 'm going to try to get together and send out to the priests again, but hopefully um, maybe even get published in our our diocesan papers. They were fabulous <laughs> fabulous talks
2: yeah, 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 that sounds amazing, yeah. and what an opportunity and again, I, you know i didn 't realize five minutes ago, I just gave a commentary right briefly on the Eucharistic revival. you had just stepped yeah. in, and so i didn 't realize, okay. I always love when the Holy Spirit connects those dots. You bet.
0: You bet. You bet. Uh, it's so good.
2: <laughs> uh, well, Father, how long have you been a knight, and how did you get involved with the Knights of Columbus? Well,
0: I've been a knight since I'm 18 years old, and so I joined the Knights in 1985.
2: People are doing math right now. <clears throat> how yeah. old are <laughs> So, <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, so uh, I, I, I've seen that in my own father. who was a was a wonderful knight, and the reason why I wanted to join the Knights of Columbus is because way back in 1969. On the 17th of June, my father had a tractor accident, which was devastating to our family. Um, He uh, uh, was going out spraying, and what happened, he went over a cattle culvert, and he noticed that he had gotten some um, fencing when he turned a corner to go onto the road, and he turned back, jerked around, and fell, and the tractor fell on top of him. It took him about a year and a half to recover, Wow! just to say that my dad... He's an Henri German, so he lived to be yeah. 94 <laughs> years old, and died about a couple of years ago. But um, uh, it changed a lot of things in, in my family, which for for the better. You know, sometimes we always see that these things go to the worst, but this came to the better. And um, the Knights of Columbus in Glenallen—that's where my hometown is in oh, Western sure. North Dakota—they came and they took off our crop. They helped us, and they even put our crop on in the spring. So the Knights of Columbus, I have kind of a debt to pay, and it's a debt I freely give because these Catholic men not only came to pray and support our family, but what they did is that they actually helped us to continue to live. And a, a, a group of men that have the faith as the center of their life And when they see someone in trouble, that's why the Knights of Columbus were founded. And I uh, think of all of these good men that I saw as Knights of Columbus. And so when I was 18, I joined up as soon as I could, and my dad was my sponsor. And so I've been a knight since 1985. And this year, I celebrate the 25th anniversary of being the state chaplain for the state of North Dakota, and I was told by our uh, Supreme Guest, Mark McMullen, who is going to be joining us this whole week from Supreme in uh, Connecticut, I'm the longest-serving chaplain in the order, and that's uh, something for North Dakota. So I've I've stayed on, I've served the state deputies, and to continue to guide the spiritual life yes. um, in these men, and so um, it's a great gift that i've been given and i see it as a grace from god and so these good men um i see that they are strong in the spiritual life and they they really love christ they love the catholic church and um when you just get to sit down with a brother knight that's really um you know squared away with the faith and has had struggles in their life it's incredible just to sit down with these men, when we get together um, at this conference, the state convention, just their lives, their stories, and what Christ is doing in their life, it's its inspiring for me as a priest, and it's just another proof that Christ, who has risen from the dead, does not abandon his people. And so that's, that's the gift um, that I see in our organization within the Catholic Church at it's an impetus to love God with your whole heart and your soul and to serve your neighbor, to love your neighbor as you love yourself.
2: Absolutely. I mean, by virtue of its, um, the principles of being a knight, charity, fraternity, unity, yeah, it creates that place and space uh, to really to embody that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your first encounters with the knights, that's profound. That's profound. Yeah. Obviously, that's why you're sharing it, right? <laughs> but That's profound that as, as a kid, however old you are. Um, your first impression is to see these men step up to help when your dad, who as a kid, often a, a dad is kind of a Superman figure. You better believe them it. Yeah. To see them hurt. You yeah. know, to see your dad kind of go down for the count yeah. for a length of time. And these other men step in. Uh, that's heroic. That's it virtuous, is. virtuous. You is. know, It's so that's powerful. And so to see that, I mean, what a gift. What a gift. And as you were talking, anyway... <laughs> Honestly, I had to remind myself, okay, he's talking about the knights, not about priests. Um, Because I've heard many stories for young men. They have those stories as a kid or as a young teenager regarding priests, right? And I know there's a great connection between the knights. And priests, and even, you know, we hear of the, uh, it, again, the word knights, it conjures up images of medieval tales, but of chivalry, mm-hmm. of honor, of dignity, that the best of the best is what we want to, mm-hmm. right, put out there and communicate. And this is what, certainly your first encounter with the knights. And so it's interesting because we had our previous guests, as you know, were Mike and Brian, and yes. they were talking about how, yeah. I mean, there's, there were some knight groups that maybe that wasn't their strength right? Mm-hmm. And so the recapturing of that, that heroic virtue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I think it's so important for these stories to be shared. So thanks for sharing that. We have a few minutes for our break. Can you share a little bit the connection between the Knights and vocations? How did that, you know, almost uh, marriage of support for each other, yeah. how did that start? And and what do we see in North Dakota now?
0: Well, there's a connection because our founder is a priest, uh, Blessed Michael McGivney. And Father McGivney as uh, as a priest was always looking out for his families and his parish. And, you know, in early America, uh, Catholicism was persecuted as it is today. As Christ was persecuted, it continues on to this sure. day, but we have to be heroic. And he saw that when the breadwinner and uh, something happened to them, if they died, one of the things that happened is, The poor uh, man maybe have died. The mother wasn't able to care for uh, their children, and then their children were farmed out to Protestant homes. Isn't that interesting? And that's that's something that you find in the autobiography of of Father McGivney as he writes his little story about his life in his journal. And um, so he wanted to found an organization that protects the family. And as a priest, that is something that's very... Uh, much as we are to be another Christ, Christ has come to sacrifice for us. Christ died on the cross, rose again, and rose triumphantly from the grave. And that is why there's this connection with the priesthood and the Knights of Columbus that we work together first from our calling of our baptism and then to live out the vocations of service, which is priesthood and married life. And... Also, if someone's called to the single life, <clears throat> that's the beautiful gift to live out this gift and holiness. And we really serve each other as priests, lift up, yeah, holding each the, other up. the good uh, people uh, and even the people that are struggling and suffering. And it's always interesting is that in that struggle and suffering, how people might think, oh, how can you always go? It's always so depressing to see people sick. I- I'm going to tell you. They lift us up in faith. They show forth the suffering Christ, and you see it in the things that they say. And so that's why priest and knight come together, priest and person, priest and Christian. Yeah. We lift each other up, and we help each other to become holy er to get to heaven. So this is why this is that connection. And so I think Father McGivney um, was called by God as a, as a priest— to bring about that great, beautiful gift of caring for his people and his people responding to the spiritual life and to the physical needs that they needed to work together for the goodness of life, to stay faithful to Christ, that Christ does not abandon them in their spiritual life, nor (laughs) in their everyday life, that Christ walks with us. That's where you find Christ. It's in the everydayness of life, and that's what Father McGivney showed by the way that he worked with his people, and his people followed him, yeah. and the everydayness of the holiness of the the struggles of of life, because they don't go away.
2: <laughs> in, in his time, it sounds rather approachable and very relevant. He was very aware of his sheep. You know, you bet. the shepherd knows his sheep, right? You bet. Uh, and in turn, the sheep know their shepherd. You know, they know his voice. And I think you know I've only read a little bit about Father McGivney, but. That's really what you're articulating, or I'm just saying it another way, yeah, not yeah. that I need to dress up what you're saying. You're articulating it much better. No, but, <laughs> so but, but there's you. something, Father, there's something to be said, though, and I think, uh, again, you know, we talked about this with Mike and Brian earlier, just that iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. you know. And so the gift that the priest is to the men, and to the, the men are to the priest, and even the marriages and the family life, the gift that is to the priest. I have some good priest friends who have shared that with me. It's a very humbling thing, and yet we need to acknowledge and I love for our listeners to acknowledge that the gift, we know our priests are gifts to us and they help us. But I think sometimes it's easy to forget that the families really help the priest to be sanctified as well. We can help those priests become better fathers and better men. And now we have to take a break. (laughs) That's a father great conversation we're talking to uh, father chad wilhelm wilhelm the state chaplain for the knights of columbus in north dakota and we'll be staying with him when we come back so stay with us on real presence live
1: this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the real presence radio network This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host this Friday morning, Mark Holcraft, and I'm joined with Father Chad Wilhelm, who's up in Devil's Lake. He's the pastor of Devil's Lake. Um, What's the name of the parish up in Devil's Lake?
0: St. Joseph.
2: St. Joseph, with vigor. St. Joseph,
0: Terror of Demons, that's its official name.
2: Well, and that's one of my favorite titles to St. Joseph. It is. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. As a family, we'll do night prayer. So I'm a father of six kids, uh, five boys and a girl, and um, we often will choose a saint for the year, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so one of the evenings we were doing night prayer, uh, my boys, we said, I think three of them said St. Joseph, which, okay, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> so I, that's kind I kind of introduced to them, hey, you know... You know, you know how there's titles to some of the mm-hmm. saints you guys? Maybe pick a different title just to, so it doesn't seem like you're just slouching and cheating off each other. That's <laughs> exactly know? it. Oh,
0: uh, Mark.
2: and they started uh, <laughs> so one of them pulled out uh, Saint Joseph Terror of Demons. And not for me as a dad and a father and even just as a man, that just gets me fired up, yeah. you know. So that's their parish's title, Saint Joseph Terror of Demons. And
0: he's a protector and, you know, the city of Devils Lake, what a wonderful place to live in it's a beautiful people but um the the name of the town was just a misnomer of the uh the lakota word uh Minawakan, which means spirit water and when the uh, irish came to that area to settle part of, it, part of some of the germans they said that their god lived in that lake and they said well it's not the true god so it must be a devil and that stuck
2: so, I'm part of Irish. Leave it to the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's because, well, you know, my kids are in high school now. And so we see the devil's Lake. they, they used to be the mascot for the high school.
0: It was the Satan. It was the Satan. Yeah.
2: I don't remember what it is. Firebirds now. Is it, it, is? it
0: is. Yeah. Um, so it, it is. Good for them
2: to, to switch the, the yeah. mascot. Um, well, father, uh, you've been a state chaplain. You shared earlier, but you said 20, 25, years, 25 years, yeah. um, And even on the break, you shared a little bit how that's changed, Mm -hmm. you know, what does that mean? But, um, I'd like to dig into that a little bit for you. Um, what does it look like now that you, your role as state chaplain with the Knights?
0: Well, I'll, I'll say that oftentimes as being a priest, I'm almost 30 years a priest and, um, always been a chaplain in our local council and, when I was asked to be a state chaplain, really, uh, what my job was, as I always say, was to baptize the meeting. Father, um, we're ready to start the meeting. Would you start with a prayer? And so everyone says quickly, say the prayer, and then they get all worked up and all a lather about um, who spent three dollars and sixteen cents at is. Yeah. Uh, at the local grocery store. And you know, one of the things that that just doesn't attract a lot of young people today. You're right,
2: it doesn't. Because
0: yeah. who's going to give an hour a month to come to a meeting to discuss those kind of things? Young men today, there's a great change, and it's for the better. Um, they want something, what they do, to be meaningful because you said you're a father of five boys and one girl. Yeah. That, that's the same in my family. So there's five boys and cool. one girl. Yeah. And um, uh, they want to put their time and energy into something that is going to bring about goodness in the world and goodness in their family and that they themselves when they put that time in that there's something to challenge them and so the knights of columbus is not our father's organization anymore it's it's change and this change is coming to go back to its original founding and its original understanding that it's supposed to be with the family and it's supposed to increase the catholic faith the dedication to be a man who has great strength like we said protector saint joseph protector um we we need fathers like that today because um we see the family starting to deteriorate knights of columbus it's an impetus it's like a, a a standoff to move our people into something that's much more meaningful for them. That, you know what, by my presence here, God is working through me and working through others, that there's a great support to help each other to be examples. You know, that's one of the things, is that we look to others to be examples of the faith, and God's working within us. Brother Knight, lifting up other Brother Knights. And so now our meetings are are open to um, everybody, to the family. Um, we no longer have the the um, f- three degrees that you have to go through, and the third degree was, uh, in, and now we can talk about it at the other time. We had to be sure. silent yeah. about and, and it. And I remember that. Yeah, it is to it was a, it was a play to uh, to make the person, the man, stand up for the faith, and to those who are sick and suffering. And it was a play that we put on. And a lot of people got angry through it because it was, a, it, was a hard, it was a hard play, but it was an initiation. So we're away from all of that stuff because it really has to be straightforward. And the straightforward is that the Eucharist is at the center, and Christ is with you, and he's walking with you to become the man, the father that you're being called to, and that it goes not just in your household, But as you work, that there's something different, that you're almost a billboard for Christ. And that's the way that I, I, without wearing a crucifix that's about that big or to wear um, some kind of uh, external thing, but they can see it in your actions, that there's something different about that man. It's because he loves Christ. He is uh, struggling through life, he's trying to be faithful, he loves his wife, he loves his children, he's open to life. And so that's why the organization is to try to help the man today. And now the organization has changed from when I just baptized the meeting to where I come in, to our meetings here, and we pray I mean, really pray. Yeah, and it's
2: not a 30-second stamp at the beginning and stamp at the end. Exactly. But it's, it's really there to give root and foundation. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. And
0: that it guides the meeting and the charity of each person that's there, that Christ has changed your heart and soul, that when you get overly sensitive to say, Christ, what is that, to bring it back and ask Christ, why am I reacting this way? What should be my response? It's to really, to train us in virtue, to bring the whole world and the world that we live in to know to love and to serve Christ that's that's the the new change that's coming into the Knights of Columbus yes. and I'm excited because we have lots of young men who are seeing that and they're willing to put one hour a month. I always say this all my brothers I have them all Knights of Columbus but one of the things that I uh, asked my brother, he lives in Bismarck, he's my youngest brother, and I said, could you not give at least one hour a year to serve God in a beautiful way for others? And he said, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a truth is that, you know, could we, could we not spend one hour with Christ in the garden? Could we not spend one hour with Christ and to loving service to other in need? just sometimes just to listen to another brother tell their story and this morning i had breakfast with one of our knights of columbus never have had a one-on-one conversation and i was sitting by myself had a little breakfast and he said can i join i said sure profound conversation one brother who grew up in a family that was anti-catholic And all of a sudden, he heard where he lived in Dickinson, um, a parish down the street, could hear him singing when the doors were open, and he felt called to that. And he's one of our best district deputies out in the state of North Dakota, and profound. You wouldn't think of him. He's a great farmer. He's a milk farmer. And this guy um, had a profound story and how the Knights um, has made a change in his own life, the way he looks at being... Um, a Christian man, the way he serves his wife and what he does every day and the things that he says, the things that he does in public and private have made a profound change in his life. And so that's that's the gift I see changing in the Knights of Columbus. And that's why I ask priests, just stick with us, help us. Go to those meetings. Help us to make that change. Just don't go there and just pray an hour, Father, quickly, and get on with the rest of the meeting, be there as a spiritual director to give the the, the soul of that man who's thirsting to know something about life, something to know about eternal life, uh, ways to bring virtue into your life, because there are struggles. And I, as you all yeah. know, yeah. out of every 10 men in the world, eight of them look uh, at pornography at least once or twice a week. These men are struggling out there. Where are they going to get that? Where are they going to be able to have a band of brothers, as Brian said uh, last half hour? Where are you going to have that? Where you can actually share that with another brother to say, you know something? I know what you're going through. You're not alone. Don't give up. Christ is with you. And the struggle that you have now is going to be a gift that's going to be one to lead you to heaven, not away from God. Exactly. So don't give up. and that's, fight that's good fight. Yep. That's really what I have seen the change in uh, the brother of Knights of Columbus. Now, not every council is like that yet. But you know what? Z- one is better than zero. Yeah. <laughs> so one person at a time, one group at a time, that's better than nothing.
2: Well, Father, as you said earlier, um, you know, even if it just, it just won, like, it, it, it has to start, you know, and not that it's not already started, um, but to really, to reengage it, you know, it really sounds like, in a certain sense, the Knights of Columbus are kind of experiencing a spiritual renewal. It's, right? Beautifully. It's a yes. spiritual renewal, and, and it's necessary. And how appropriate that it would be the men who are called to lead, step up, and fraternity, charity, but we're talking about fathers, husbands, to then help lead that renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, we need uh, to take a break here soon. And gosh, we're already, we're already near the end of our segment. <laughs> yeah, it flew by. <laughs> and so um, when we come back, we're actually going to pass the baton on to our group in South Dakota, Father, because the South Dakota Knights of Columbus State Convention is going. So if you're tuning in, uh, we give thanks to Father Chad Wilhelm for joining us this morning so quickly. You're listening to Mark Holcraft. Stay with us on Real Presence Live.